Linear Sketch for iPad plus Apple Pencil is the perfect way to capture thoughts and ideas effortlessly. If you're feeling overwhelmed by modern drawing apps, Linear Sketch is the app for you. Choose from predefined color sets, auto-generated with tints and shades. Work on a simple set of layers that are easy to understand and quick to adjust. Paint organically with Linea's watercolor brush, or add simple text labels to your sketches with the annotation tool. The app's built-in grids and design templates get you up and running quickly and speed your workflow. Linea Sketch is free to download from the App Store today. Check it out at linea-app.com. It's where your ideas begin. Hello, everybody. Today, we are doing a colored pencil drawing of the Bread Fairy's Sexy Bread. If you would like to grow as an artist and you can't afford an art class, we've got everything you need to hear art prof critiques, tutorials, and professional development. Now, what I have done already is a very brief line sketch so that I can dig immediately into blocking in the areas of color. And what I've been doing recently that's been very helpful for a lot of these bread fairy drawings is drawing around the subject and trying to block in the shapes that surround it. Because I do think for a lot of people, if you look at a scene like this, I mean, obviously it's all about the bread and the lingerie that the bread is wearing. <laughs> and you would think, okay, well, you should draw the bread first because the bread is the main character. But I don't know, there's something about it. When I fill in the background like this around the buns, it just feels faster. I'm sure it's not actually faster, but just in my head, it feels like I'm covering more ground. It's like going from the outside in feels really good sometimes. So if this is something you have never tried before, highly recommend it. It's very unexpected. And I just find because I'm not drawing the subject, I'm just filling in shapes. That's also good because it gets me to just lock things in not stress about, oh, does it look like a bun in two minutes? But there's something nice about that, just jumping around the entire space. So I don't get too stuck. I think in the beginning of a drawing, especially, it's really, really important to be jumping around like that. And, and this is a technique that for me is really helpful. And I will, of course, be taking breaks to answer any of your questions. And if any of you want to draw along with me, I would love it. Show me your interpretation. What does bread lingerie <laughs> look like to you? And afterwards, we can meet in the Discord and take a look at what everybody did. So if you want to draw along with me, the link to the reference photo it's on our free reference photo collection on Flickr. And that link is in the YouTube video description below. And also the links to all of the art supplies 
I'm using, those are also in the video description below. If you want to know what I'm using, colored pencils I'm using are these Faber-Castell Albrecht Durer Magnus watercolor pencils. And I really like these because they're extremely wide. So these are the Magnus watercolor pastels pencils. And they're just nice and chunky like those. And then we also have just these regular Albrecht Durer watercolor pencils. And you can see if I show you the difference, how the Magnus ones, they're so much wider and these are a lot thinner. But I like having both. It's nice to have that range of different widths because then when I want to really dig in a large area, it's very helpful. I don't think I'm going to get to this on the stream today, but this is what I've been doing is doing a passive colored pencil. And then once that gets beefed up, I'll go in with Caran d'Ache crayons because the Caran d'Ache crayons can get thicker and the colors do tend to be more vibrant. So I've been really liking this combination. I've been doing it for the past couple of drawings and it's been a lot of fun. In fact, I just posted on Instagram today this drawing that I did with the same technique and the bread was not wearing any lingerie. It was naked, <laughs> naked bread. <laughs> so I was drawing those last night. It's this drawing that's been sitting around for so long. Who here has that? You, you know, when you have this drawing, you're like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get to it. And it's like, you just, it's so hard to find the time. And it's always a really dumb reason why I go back and finish it, which is, oh, I can't sleep. Let's put on X-Men Days of Future Past and just finish this freaking drawing. <laughs> That's the story of how I got that drawing done. Just couldn't sleep. Arby Dick, thank you so much for starting us off today with a super sticker. Every single contribution that all of you make is so important to us because I really, really want us to hit our Patreon goal. And it's, it's painful because we're close, but we're still far enough away that I still am not totally sleeping at night. So if you want to help my sleep habits, which need a lot of help to begin with, <laughs> without art broth, I already... I'm not a very good sleeper, but if you want to help us out there, it'd be great because I was trying to think this week, like, why does our prop make me so tired? I mean, yeah, it's a lot of work, but everything's a lot of work. That's not something I'm questioning. I was like, you know what? I think it's the mental stress, just not knowing what we're going to have next month in terms of budget trying to make sure we have enough for the future because our income from sponsors fluctuates. It's not super reliable. So I'm always worried about that. And I think that just grates on you after a little while. Who's going to draw sexy bread with me? I would really like to know. <laughs> I would like to see multiple interpretations of what sexy bread looks like to you. Actually, what I should do is this this background, which is pretty gray. I don't think it's that dark. Maybe more like a, 
a warm gray. It's interesting how might be hard for some of you to see, but I'm looking at these two grays and I'm seeing this one's just a little bit more warm than this one. And I'm picking the warmer one because of all the cool blues that are in here. So that is one of the reasons why I go for that. Although I think I'm going to draw the pattern in first. That might actually be more helpful for getting me started. Seven-inch says, naked bread sounds like a podcast or something. <laughs> I love that. Oh, W315 says, been away for a while. Hope I can keep up. Well, I'm so glad that you are here because you know something? You don't always have time in your life to do art stuff. And that's fine. And I do find that things go in waves. Do any of you find that? It's like, you'll just be on this really big roll and then something happens and you got to step away for a few months and then you're back and that's fine. And we're always going to be there for all of you. That's very important to me that people feel that they can come and go and not have any pressure to stay all the time, but that if you want to go full throttle and you want to be with us all the time, we'll be there. And I've had a lot of people in the discord saying to me, oh, I felt so guilty that I had to step away and I'm not a good art. I'm like, no, this is life. Life gets in the way and it's nothing you can do about that. And actually I have seen some people in the Patreon channels and discord who really benefited from that break and they got some distance and perspective on the work they were doing. So it's not always a negative thing. In fact, sometimes it's exactly what you needed is to just step away and go do something else for a little while that requires your attention. That's fine. Actually, I'm really glad I drew last night. I mean, not just so I could finish the drawing, but I'm actually sort of in shape. <laughs> Sometimes I come onto these dreams and I just feel so out of it, art-wise, drawing-wise. And it's sometimes hard to get going on the stream, but my mind is still in drawing mode, which is nice. That doesn't happen that often. I mean, that's why sometimes before these streams, I'll just sketch for half an hour before I go live because it does feel strange to just sit down and draw. I do think there's that warm up period that a lot of us need in that circumstance. Oh, this is really annoying. There's like a little dish down here that's getting in the way of me really seeing the pattern. I'm just gonna ignore it because you know what? It's not enough in the image that it matters. So I'm just not going to bother. Sometimes it's just not worth it. I mean, sometimes you need stuff like this. And I'll tell you many years ago, if you'd asked me to tackle something like this, first of all, I wouldn't have done it. <laughs> Second of all, I wouldn't have drawn any of these patterns. And the bread fairy has really made me step it up. I mean, I used to be very afraid of drawing patterns and I'm not anymore. 
I'm like, bring it on. So sometimes these things that feel so impossible, you just got to do it a few times and then you realize, oh, what was I whining about before? So that can be very helpful. All right. Let's see what people are saying in the chat. Leslie says, really happy I found our prof, so it will keep me motivated and things to draw in between semesters. Oh yeah, we're coming upon school break and that's a nice time to decompress, but I do know a lot of people get bored <laughs> after a few days of vacation. I do, that's what I do. I don't know, maybe the rest of you don't, but I like having something to do. Ginger Cell says, have you given any of these drawings to the bread fairy? Has she seen any of these drawings? Oh yeah, I mean, she's at our house like three times a week. <laughs> so we see her all the time. And I text her pictures and she has the Oma bread painting hanging in her kitchen. And she did ask me to give her this other soft pastel drawing of her brown Betty teapot. There was a stream of me doing that. And I love giving her the work because it's so meaningful. It's not just some random picture. It's a picture that really is about her. S Dash says, do you always use black paper for the bread fairy drawings? I have lately, not all the time. In fact, I was bouncing around a lot between soft pastels and oil pastels, but lately I sort of settled into this rhythm, not on purpose, it just happened to work out. And I'm always a little bit hesitant to settle in like that because I worry that I'm not responding to the subject because different subjects to me require different materials. Like I did that drawing in soft pastel of the Black Betty teapot and that drawing really had to be in soft pastel. Like I needed all the mist and atmosphere that would be very hard to do in colored pencil. And so I try to keep that going, but actually I should show you guys this one. This one is not done yet. I'm still working on it, but you can see because it does have so much darkness, this just would have been so tedious to do on a white sheet of paper. I mean, it saved me so much time and it's not quite done yet. I still have to work on, you can see at the bottom this shadow is not quite there. There should be some translucency in the shadow that's being created from the glass. And it's more saturated than it's looking on the screen. I can post this for you later in the Discord, but this is a piece that I think would just be a nightmare to do on a white sheet of paper. And it was just so fun to be able to just pull out these little specks of highlight. Yeah, I'm gonna try to finish this one today because again, like the naked bread image. <laughs> it's just been sitting around forever. And I just, ah, I get so annoyed by that. Christy, thank you so much for the super sticker. Keep it coming everybody because everything matters. Does not matter the size of your donation. It all goes to helping keep our content 100% free. Ginger Cell is asking, any tips for someone who hesitates a lot while drawing? You draw so quickly, I am impressed. I think a lot of it is trying to not think about it because 
if I'm thinking too hard about it, I don't know about the rest of you, but I ruminate way too much. And so for me, a big part of it is just not caring, which I think is weird because you would think, oh, well, you're an artist. You should care <laughs> about what you're doing. It's not good if you don't care. But I just find that when I care too much, it just becomes such a big distraction and I can't focus. And then I start picking at myself and, and that's just not a good idea. So there's that. And also to tell yourself that the outcome doesn't matter. In fact, sometimes what I tell myself is, hey, this is what I'm gonna call a sacrifice drawing. I'm gonna sacrifice it to the YouTube gods because the YouTube gods have been frowning upon me. <laughs> Maybe I need to sacrifice a lamb, I don't know. But if you just make a decision in advance that it is not a drawing, that you're, you're gonna make a portfolio piece, it doesn't have to be totally finished. I often find that that's the work I do the best with. The work where I'm like, oh, I have to do great. I have to do an amazing drawing. I'm always miserable when I'm doing drawings like that. In fact, one of the things that got me to step away from my studio practice for a while was I had these two solo shows at the same time. And I had a year to prepare for one of them. So I knew in advance I was going to have this show. And honestly, it ruined the whole experience for me because I knew that the entire year I was working on those drawings, they were going to the show. And so that was just hovering over me the whole time. And it was not good. It, it was, it just made making the work so stressful because I had, oh, it's going to the show. It's gotta be good. And I was so burnt out after that experience that I decided after that, you know what? I'm never booking the show <laughs> before the work is done. That was just such a mistake. And in retrospect, it ruined the whole experience because I had to be super product oriented. And it just, I think, closed off a lot of opportunities. I think I did a lot of things for the sake of finish and product that probably limited my ability to get other things done and to experiment. So that's what I do with the bread fairy drawings. And actually being on a stream really helps because it is hard to draw and talk and read comments at the same time. It's a skill. It's taken me some time to work, but in some ways I like the distraction because talking to all of you, reading your comments, I can't think that hard about the drawing. There's no way. And in some ways I'm grateful for that because it keeps me from nitpicking. Like I'm not really thinking that hard right now. Although right now I'm just trying to fill it in. So I think that's a big part of it too, is just being conscious of what it is you're trying to do. And this is sort of the grunt work part. I don't have to think hard about color choices. And a lot of what I'm doing right now is not gonna show up later. This is all preliminary stuff. So especially I think in the beginning of the drawing, it's easy for me to say, oh, well, none of this is gonna show up later because it's gonna get covered by tons and tons of layers. So it doesn't matter what I do right now. So some of it's that. And then hopefully if I do a decent job on this, it does make it easier for me later on when I am starting to make more of those tougher color decisions. So yeah, I guess the key is just 
not caring. <laughs> I know it's not very glamorous, but it's true. S Dash says, I've seen other bread fairy drawings. When do you add the bread texture close to the end? Oh yeah, when I'm like almost done. When I'm 97% finished, then I add some of those details. People always think that details are it, but they're not. Details really, if I were to try to explain what details are, they are the sprinkles you put on a cupcake at the very end, that's it. They are nothing more than that. And a lot of people start with those sprinkles. It's like, well, those sprinkles are not gonna taste very good if there's no cupcake. It's really not that exciting. I mean, have you eaten sprinkles by themselves? Blech. Like, yuck, they don't really taste that good. They're really not satisfying. So yeah. I think I wanna at least hint at the lace. I don't wanna do a huge amount but I do think I need to block out at the very least some big shapes. I mean, what's nice about this is I can always fill in the lace white, although I don't wanna just color it in because the lace does have these patterns in them that I don't wanna totally lose. So what I'm gonna do instead, I'm gonna hint at those shapes but I'm not gonna sweat them too much because I do see there's like a semicircle here, there's a semicircle here. So I'm just gonna throw in those circles and just know that they're there, but I'm not gonna try that hard to fill them in too accurately. Just being loose about things and not stressing. You know, life is stressful enough. I don't need that in my artistic life. <laughs> Ah, uh, all right. Yeah, like here, there's like a pretty solid chunk. I try to look at, okay, what are some of the shapes that stick out more? Like there's a big, oh, I made that too big. There's like a curl. So yeah, I, I try not to sweat the details or pick it myself because now is not the time. Right now, I just want to fill. I mean, I really do think in terms of our own progress, we are our own worst enemy. How many people here think that you are your own worst critic? I definitely am. I'll show stuff to people. They're like, oh, it's great. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I hate this. I don't like this. I wish this was better. We are much tougher on ourselves than anybody else ever will be. And I don't know that there's a lot we can do about that, but it does help to be part of a supportive community because then you can talk to people and not feel like such a crazy person. And by the way, if you're not in the discord, you should be shame on you for not being in the discord where all the cool kids hang out. I don't know about you, but I was not cool in high school. So I would be cool right now. This is my time to be a cool person for the first time ever. So lace is going to be tricky. So, you know, it's really funny. Let me tell you the story of this lingerie. <laughs> so we had this lingerie showed up at Thanksgiving. 
because the bread fairy made these awesome potato rolls, which are from a really old, very out of date Betty Crocker recipe book. It's so old, it's a binder. It's not even like a book. And I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, buns. Awesome. Love these. And so she bakes the buns and she's about to put them on the table and she brings up this lacy thing. I'm like, what? <laughs> I don't know. It's like, I've known her so long, but she never ceases to surprise me. I'm like, what is this thing? She's like, oh yeah, I picked this up at the thrift store. I'm like, oh my God. Like this, this just made me laugh so hard. We were all like stuck. We were like, oh my God, this is bread lingerie. I just love this. Has anybody seen one of these before? I'd never seen it before. And the thing is, it looks like some silly old thing, but it's like the way she presented it, it looks so cool. So I don't know. She has this way of just making things so fun, even though they're silly. I mean, this is silly. It, it's a really silly looking thing, but it's so much fun. It, it's exactly <laughs> what our Thanksgiving needed. So... I just love going to her house and having these little surprises. It's like, who would think that the bread was going to get lingerie during Thanksgiving? There's got to be a name for these things. I have no idea. Maybe one of you can look it up. I bet there's like a whole history of bread lingerie that we just don't even know about. <laughs> also, I keep my color choices really, really simple. See, Alex Rowe would be so proud of me. I'm using Naples yellow, but actually it's because I'm low on white. <laughs> That's the only reason. It's actually, I probably would do white, but I'm running really low. So I don't want to screw that up. So Manette says, even now I'm telling myself the piece I'm working on isn't going great. Sad because I run an art group at work and tell the kids not to be so hard on themselves. Very do as I say, not as I do. Oh my gosh, Manette, that is story of my life <laughs> because I go into the Discord and I try to encourage people and give them tips for how to get going. I, I can't do it myself. I it's so weird. It's like I cannot take my own advice, even though I know what I need to do. Cheesecake says, I want to try drawing the bread fairy pics, but I always get overwhelmed by the details. There's just so much going on that I get scared. Well, so here's what you do. If we look at this image, a lot of people will look at the lace because they go, oh, wow, the lace, all this stuff. The lace is not really the important thing. So if you try to break it down into big shapes, like here, this shape of blue, this shape of blue, and then we'll do the bongs in a second but you have to break it down and see past the details. That is not easy. That takes time to train your eye and ignore those details and look at the big shapes because those details, they're the kiss of death. If you try to do those soon, like I said, you're basically eating cupcake sprinkles out of the container, which who wants to do that? Leslie says, I originally learned to draw by tracing. I want to record and post my process on Facebook, but I'm really embarrassed about anyone seeing me trace something. What do people generally feel about tracing? I get questions about that a lot. 
where people say, oh, I feel like I'm cheating. And my feeling is that the only true form of cheating as an artist is plagiarism, okay? Now, people say, oh, I'm cheating because I'm using a projector. I'm cheating because I'm tracing. I don't think it's cheating as much as it is that it's more straightforward than drawing from scratch. I will tell you though, Leslie, I do think that even though tracing might quote, feel easier right now, ultimately, I really do think tracing is something that takes longer and does not get as good results. But here's the thing, drawing from scratch, it takes training, it takes years of training your eye and practicing. And so it's not something people can do immediately. Tracing, you can, you can give anybody a sheet of tracing paper and say, trace this, and you can do it without any prior experience as an artist, and that's fine. But I would say to yourself, am I tracing because this is the best fit for me? And if the answer is, well, I'm just doing it because I don't know what else to do, it's time to try something else. And if it is the best fit for you, fine. I mean, and you don't have to show people that on Facebook. I, that's up to you. You don't have to reveal that part of the process if that bothers you. But again, if it bothers you, ask yourself, maybe there are some things you can try out. S Dash says, I'm from a farm family. We had a special towel that always wrapped around bread to go in the bread basket. Oh yeah, we have stuff like that too. In fact, the bread fairy <laughs> has got this whole selection of like napkins and every single one has a different meaning. I just like really love that. Cheesecake is asking, how do you sharpen your colored pencils? I can show you right now. What I like to do is I use a utility knife and the way that I do it is I take my thumb and I put my utility knife behind my thumb. And then I take my thumb and I push it up like this. So just a couple shavings at a time. What I find is a lot of people, when they sharpen with a the knife, they do this. They go like that. And honestly, that doesn't really look like the safest way. <laughs> like if somebody's standing near you, that's not good. But also you don't have a lot of control because when you're doing this, it's just going in random directions. But with my thumb, behind the utility knife, then I can like really carefully control because especially these colored pencils, they'll break really quickly. I know a lot of people like to use colored pencil, like super sharp. I'm not into that. I like the very blunt tip, especially in the beginning when I'm just filling, it's not helpful to have a super sharp pencil. Later on I might, but not right now. All right, let's get into those buns. What I like to tackle first is the brightest highlights because that helps me figure out where to focus my eye. Another thing for the person that asked about where to start and to see past details, it really helps to think about lighting. So if you look at this piece, and you ask yourself, okay, where are the brightest highlights? That's a good place to start. Lighting is so helpful. I mean, I, if I have a photo with terrible lighting, I'd rather not do it because terrible lighting, it's like, it screws you forever. You can't fix that. 
And so I always try to make sure the lighting is good. And when I go to these meals at the bread fairy's house, I think at the Thanksgiving dinner, I shot 700 photos and I believe about 30 made it onto the Flickr page. So it's heavily curated and I take a lot of terrible photographs. It's hard to photograph at night because I don't have really strong natural light to help me, but that's where taking 700 photos and only using 30, that, that's where I have to do that. And also I like to have a good collection that represents the experience. But I used to think about the photos as just, oh, these are just references. But lately I have been trying to compose at the same time. And that's been a pretty big difference in my process. I don't know, I mean, it keeps evolving. It is not something that is static. The way I approach photography has changed a lot. And I am not a photographer. I never took a bona fide photography class, which I am so embarrassed about. Because I took so many cool classes in art school and I just cannot believe I never took a photo class. It's really dumb. So if you're in art school, take a photo class. <laughs> it's really, really nice to have those skills. It's crazy how much photography I have to do for somebody who has not done a lot of photography. I mean, I'm such an idiot. I just set everything to automatic because I can't trust myself to do all the manual settings. I'm sure they're better. I just can't do it. Don't have the headspace to learn all that technical stuff. Maybe someday. See, filling in that background first, it feels so good to put in the buns now. <laughs> Because I do think a lot of people would have done the buns first and then worked their way out to the background, but I like this better. I think it just feels more concrete. And look at how that orange pops against the blue. It's pretty cool because now we've got serious complementary color relationships going on. And this is a foundation for me to work from. And that's what you want in the beginning of the drawing. You don't want something that looks good. You can't. It's like people work on drawings for 20 minutes and they go, oh my God, it doesn't look good. I'm like, of course not. I wouldn't make it look good in 20 minutes, no chance. So be patient with yourselves. And know it's not gonna look good. Like to tell yourself, it's gonna look crappy for a good hour. It's not gonna look good. Because I think sometimes a lot of it is about managing your expectations. So if you have an image in your head and you say to yourself, it's got to look like this, you're going to be disappointed. You just are. It doesn't matter what the image is. Just having that idea of what you think it should look like, that's going to drive you up the wall. So just what are your expectations? <laughs> that's what I did to survive as a parent. You know, in the beginning, when you have kids, you're like, my kids are going to play with toys from Sweden. And now I'm like, you're alive. It's fine. <laughs> you made it through the day. That's good.
<laughs> I mean, it is more complicated than that, but I'm just saying, sometimes you just take what you can get. <laughs> And by the way, everybody, we are doing registration right now for our premium tracks in January. And I'm really excited because we are going to be offering three tracks in January. They're each four weeks long. We are going to be offering character design with me and Jordan. Jordan, me and Alex, we are going to be offering two sections of figure drawing and anatomy. And we also have a premium track for people applying for an MFA. So we'll help you prepare your portfolio, write your statement, give you a sense of how to go about that entire process. And so consider the premium tracks because I've been very excited about them because it really makes me feel like I'm back in the classroom. I always imagine that, oh, I'm going to give up all these things because I'm teaching online. But I'll tell you, the premium tracks have replaced a lot of that surprisingly well. And I like committing myself to a group of students for a period of time because I love hanging out with all of you, but there's a lot of you now. <laughs> like I looked at our Discord server. I was like, oh my God, we have over 7,000 people in our Discord server. Now, granted, not everybody is active all the time, but that's a lot of people. And I, I just cannot, I don't have the capacity to invest time like that into 7,000 people. But in a premium track where we've limited the number of students to six people, I do really get to know you. And I, I do end the semester feeling like I understand people as if they were my student enrolled in a RISD class. It's really impressive. Like I did not think that was going to be the case. I was very, very surprised. I always thought it would be a compromise, but <clears throat> actually there's some really cool things about the premium tracks that I didn't anticipate. And the first one is that we have now an extraordinary documentation of people's progress because people have to upload every week to get critiques for the voice sessions, and I have never seen that level of documentation ever at RISD and the Discord. It's really great. And also the fact that everybody's working on the same prompt, it's just a lot more focused because we do have the Patreon channels in Discord for $20 a month. If you join that group, you get closer access to the staff, a smaller group and so you get more attention you get access to voice sessions and i love those but they are pretty fragmented because there's no curriculum people aren't doing the same assignment and so the voice sessions is very much like drop in and talk about whatever which is fun it's very casual but for people who want more focused study the premium tracks are a really good option because nothing substitutes that like group experience where you're all working together, you're inspiring each other is so much fun. So if you want more guidance, more structured learning, check out those premium tracks because I think they're gonna be really fun. Plus I haven't taught anatomy in forever. I can't remember the last time 
I taught an anatomy class because I did teach anatomy when I was in the RISD illustration department. But the thing is, when I did, I was subbing for somebody. It wasn't like my elective. And so I never felt like I got to be that invested with it. So this is my chance to really make that happen. And by the way, if you cannot afford to take a premium track, you can access the curriculum for the tracks for free. So just go to ourprof.org and find the track section and you can do the track by yourself. And you can hang out with other people doing it on their own in the Discord and our prof tracks. So there's many options. Premium track gives you staff access, prompt support and feedback. But again, I know not everybody can afford that, which is why we made the curriculum free. So hopefully that helps some of you. And we've seen a whole bunch of people have finished the drawing basics track. I think somebody just finished the painting track and they're gonna have a video feature pretty soon. So I'm excited. It's really satisfying to see people in both situations. And I think that's unusual. I don't know that I have seen online classes that make the curriculum available. I think most of it is just 100% behind a paywall. I mean, I get why. <laughs> we have a terrible business model here. It's not good for making money, but it is good for giving people access. So that took what, 40 minutes to fill this in? I mean, not even because I took some breaks to answer some questions. But I think just trying not to be so product oriented, that's the main thing is just the pressure to make something that oh looks good. It's not good. You can't work that way. It's not fun at all. Beth is asking, can you explain what the Discord is? Absolutely. So the Discord, it's basically a platform. Discord is a platform the same way Facebook and Instagram are. And it's basically as if you had a Facebook group, but it's better because there are different channels for different topics. So like, for example, a Facebook group is just a running feed. It's like, everybody's in one place. But we have, for example, there's a channel where people can ask about business. There's a channel for educators. There's a channel for wellness. So if you want to ask a question about, oh, I'm feeling frustrated, you can post there. There's channels for critique. So if you make a drawing and you want to critique on it, you can post your work in there to get a critique. We do have a rule that if you post your work for critique, you do have to give three other comments because, you know, it doesn't work <laughs> if it's a one-way street. It's not good. And so we do ask people to do that. And for the most part, people are good about it. And it really makes for good discussion because what I don't like about a lot of those Facebook groups, it is very much in a lot of cases that I've seen, it's just like post and run. Like it's all me, 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 me. Like people are not very invested in the community and that's not good but you'll see people who are in the discord are invested in the community and actually if you're in the discord maybe some of you could tell beth 
what you like about the Discord. What do you get out of hanging out there? I mean, you get access to the staff. We're in there all the time. I'm in there every day. I mean, again, I can't reply to everything, but I do the best I can at the very least to greet people or when people are asking a question and I know that I can provide an answer. I do the best I can, trust me. Like it drives me kind of crazy that I can't help everybody, but I also want to not go crazy. <laughs> so tell me, tell me in the chat, those of you who are in the Discord, what do you get out of that community? And remember the Patreon channels are a whole other story than the public channels because it's just so small compared to the public channels. It's just a very different experience. So maybe if some of you are in the Patreon, you can explain that to Beth because that is a very different experience, I think. I like Discord better than Facebook. Facebook, I find, has this really competitive quality to it. And you know, it's terrible. I find myself doing it. It's so bad. So one of the things I don't like about Facebook is that people will comment on their own post to bump it up. And I do it. I've totally done that myself. And it's not good. That doesn't facilitate good discussion if people are just commenting on their own post just to give it visibility. Discord doesn't have that. And I, I have always been happy about that. Plus, you, you can't find out about everybody's life. Like, you know, on Facebook, you can go and um, snoop on people's profiles. Da, da, da. But in Discord, you don't really know that much about the people. You can see their role. Like if somebody wants to put down that they're a high school student, they can. But it's like, you're not going to look at pictures of them sipping margaritas. That's what I like about it. <clears throat> okay, I need to beef up the lace, especially here. I feel like I've been ignoring that. I don't know. I, I'm still intimidated by this lace. Maybe that's why I'm not drawing it right now because I'm like, ah, I guess I'll get there. I will eventually. But uh, yeah, not, not exactly thrilled right now. And there's so much detail. I, I'm just going to pretend it doesn't exist right now. <laughs> That's all I need. Because I do want to give the light blue section a little bit more volume. So probably I'm going to need maybe like a darker blue just to pump up some of those areas, fill it in. Because really that's sort of my motivation right now is I just want to fill stuff in. I, I don't really care about how it looks. I just want to get it blocked in so then I can actually go in and add more stuff. Oh, speaking of Discord, you know what else I really like about Discord? The search function is so much better than Facebook because I am still in a couple of Facebook groups just because. And I cannot tell you how many times there's a post. Somebody posted this. I can't find it. And Discord makes it so easy. I mean, you can search for a certain person in a channel that posted a specific type of link or an image or an attachment. It's great. It's so easy for me to find stuff. I can find it in like seconds. Whereas on Facebook, it's like, I don't know, every time I use the search function, something would always go wrong. Like it would never give me the 
stuff I was looking for, and it's just endlessly frustrating. <clears throat> Heather says, you inspire me to be my best. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that, Heather, because we all need this. This is important. We need each other as artists. You can't do this by yourself. I mean... I would be the first person to do that. If I could, I would totally, because I don't like feeling like I have to rely on other people. But that's that's the fact of being an artist. Nobody builds a career by themselves. Nobody. I don't care who you are. It's just, it's part of it. Shoot, I feel like I messed up this like curly section here. I think I have to redraw the curl. Yeah, because the curl is like, I guess I have to just make this bigger. Yeah, down there. Just extend it outwards. There wasn't enough space for that curl. I'll bring that out. It's probably not accurate, but who cares? I just, I know some people have the patience for that. I do not. <laughs> I am really impatient and don't like waiting for things. All right, so that gets everything blocked in. I'm thinking what I might do now is just add some white to pull out some of the volume in the blue because there is a lot of really like beautiful lighting that I don't want to miss out on. So right now, I'm just thinking about value not really thinking about much else. And that helps too. Just do one thing at a time. Don't try to do color and contrast and tone. You can't do that. Just one thing at a time. <laughs> it's a lot easier that way. It is very easy to overwhelm yourself. There's a lot to think about when you're making your artwork. But you know what? We're not superhuman. Bleepkin says, Discord is amazing, very supportive and helpful people. I don't talk a lot, but I love seeing the interactions and people are always kind when I did post or ask something. Cheesecake says, you get to be the coolest kid if you're in the Discord. Yep. <laughs> and the other thing I will say too, if any of you are feeling intimidated about the Discord, we have wonderful moderators. Oh my God. I love our moderators. And we could not run the Discord without our moderators, because they're the reason why the Discord is not just a total crap storm of chaos, <laughs> because they are great. They jump in when people have a question, they don't know where to post, and they alert us to different situations that pop up because stuff inevitably comes up. People troll or people come in and they're mean or inappropriate. And so we, deal with it and we boot people out if they're jerks so it it's something that's very important to us it takes a lot of time and effort and i am so appreciative of that that's why the discord is a safe place it's because of the mods it's it's not for any other reason if they weren't there it would be insane it would be like every other crazy place on the internet which ugh. i mean some of the stuff you read 
about the way people behave online. It's really scary. So I am extremely grateful to have the mods that we have because they make it possible for us to have that space. I mean, I always wonder how my life would have been different if I had had a space like that when I was in high school because, oh, I sure needed it. I would have loved <laughs> for somebody who was an artist who wasn't a dead white guy in an art history book <laughs> to connect with because I grew up without the internet and whoever was at your high school, that was it. You, you didn't have a lot of choices. <laughs> it was really hard to connect to people artistically. You just didn't have a lot of options. Ginger Cell says, I think it's cool to see artists of different skill levels. Normally, you only see artists who are already amazing. So it's kind of cool to see artists who are at a lower level. Just people different levels of experience. I mean, we oftentimes have people that come into the Discord and they say, oh, I feel so behind because I am fairly new to art. Or a lot of times people say, oh, well, I'm retired. I finally have time to do my work but I feel really behind because there are all these kids who are a third my age and they can all draw better than me. And I'm like, who cares? <laughs> are you having fun? That's all that matters, right? And there's no such thing as being behind. I mean, I knew people I went to art school with who I was like, oh man, they're gonna be a superstar. That person is amazing. And some of them are not making art anymore. And that's fine. I'm not judging anybody for that. I'm just saying that, quote, good skill, bad skill, it's all totally subjective. And what people choose to do with it, that's their deal. Boy, I think I'm going to regret <laughs> not working on the lace. I'm just going to like, uh, I'll get there. I will. I'll get there eventually. Right? Sort of in denial right now. That's okay. And it is fun to draw these buns in a different context because the naked buns, they're on my Instagram. I just posted it this morning. The naked buns, they just come out of the oven. And so they're sitting on just a sheet of parchment paper on a rack. And it's very different when they're here wearing lingerie. It still makes me laugh. I'm like, who, who thought this was... What goes through your head that you go, I want to make this lacy thing where I can like place, but like who, who thinks of this? Like, I, I just, I don't know. Human race amazes me that people have time to think about things like this. I just think it's so cool. <laughs> All right. You know what? The procrastination is over. I'm realizing I have to do something because I'm missing one of the essential characteristics. So what I'm going to do for the lace I'm not going to sweat it that much because you know something as much as colored pencil people look at it and they think oh it's so permanent it's not like i really can go in and do this and i can get rid of it and i can bring it back especially with the karen dash crayons i can put down something that's black here and i can totally put that white crayon on top and it'll be fine so there's more flexibility with this technique than you think which is nice so I'm going to stop procrastinating and I'm going to start showing the oh, 
stupid phone. Come on. Come on. It's not maximizing. Okay. Well, maybe it's good it's not maximizing because I need to keep an eye on the big shapes and not get too, too sucked in with what's going on. So I guess what I'm doing, I just want to show a couple dots just so it's obvious that there is some sort of pattern here. And then I'll go back and I'll fix it. But for now, I'm not going to try that hard. That's another thing is I think a lot of these materials, they're more flexible than people think they are. Like a lot of people think colored pencil is extremely permanent. It's not. There's a lot you can do. I mean, that's one of the reasons I have the Caran d'Ache crayon is because it does give me a level of flexibility that the color pencil can't do by itself. So that's another reason for mixed media is sometimes you can get the material to do things in conjunction with another material. And then it's like you sort of get the best of both worlds, which is really nice. Use Joe says, I only have two months before I turn in my portfolio. I only have four pieces. Really frustrated and stressed out right now. Any advice? Oh, I'm sorry you're feeling that way. I mean, that is really stressful. But you know something? Two months is still pretty substantial. I mean, if you were two weeks away, yeah, I would be freaking out. But <laughs> you, you're two months. You're okay. <clears throat> Again, what I would say is join the Discord. We have a whole channel that is just for people who are applying to art school. And I really recommend you check out our BFA portfolios track because what I hear a lot, not just for art school portfolios, but just in general, people say to me, oh, well, I really wanna learn character design and I don't know how to start. I don't know what I need to learn first. And so our free tracks are really helpful because we tell you where to start. We say, okay, here's lesson one, here's lesson two. And I mean, you don't have to stick to that. You can jump around. You could do lesson five first if you want. It's up to you. But sometimes it's nice to have that little kick so you know where to start because that is the hardest thing for people. I mean, that's why we started the tracks because I had so many people saying, I don't know where to begin. And I was like, okay, maybe this is the solution to help people feel like they're not so lost. If you're in the chat and you have done one of the tracks, free or premium, tell people what you've gotten out of that experience, having that structure. Because of course, not everybody likes structure. Some people do like to jump around, but I think a lot of people are at a loss for, oh, what do I learn first? And a lot of people say to me, well, I don't know what to draw. I don't have a subject. And a lot of people say to me, oh, if I don't know what to draw, I just go to the Flickr page because the Flickr page just has tons and tons of photos of just anything. And you can just use that because our images, they're free to use. See, Cantrell says, I can see how you are blurring and blending the edges between two colors with a third. That is so well said. I didn't even know I was doing that. <laughs> I guess that's what I do, yeah. 
it's funny. There's so many things you just do without even thinking. And then somebody points it out and you're like, oh yeah, I guess, I guess I do. <laughs> it's helpful actually. I mean, that's what's fun about working with a group of people. Like if you weren't here to tell me that sea control, I would never have noticed. And I'm always looking for new ways to explain exactly what it is I'm doing. And that kind of perspective is very valuable. So thank you. I mean, it's gotten to the point now where I, I feel that I rely on all of you. Isn't that funny? Because I'm the one teaching and everything you think, okay, you're just doing that. But I'm like, dude, I need these studio hangouts as much as all of you do. I seriously don't think I would have done half the bread fairy work if I hadn't started a lot of it on one of these live streams. So it's mutual, everybody. When you think that I'm helping you, you are helping me. And I love that. That is just the coolest thing. <clears throat> so Sarah says, the track really did help me structure where I could work tried lots of things that are so useful in my art going forward, like thumbnails. Yeah, it gets you to do a lot of things that are outside of your comfort zone, or maybe it never occurred to you to do something. And so it's valuable. I, I don't see that you could do the track and not get something out of it, unless you want to be super close-minded. But yeah. And like I said, you don't want to do it, don't. Like, you can skip a lesson. <laughs> you know, if you're like, I don't want to do that lesson, don't. You know, I have to say one of the best parts about online teaching that I did not anticipate. Oh my God, I love not giving grades. And I love not having to like take attendance or like penalize people for missing class. It's like, oh my God, it's such a relief. Because in school where you are responsible for that, you do have to chase down students. You do, and it's just not fun. And I don't have to do any of that here. People who are here want to be here. They're not here because of a grade or because they need credit or because it's a required class. You're here because you want to be. And that is so refreshing after just years and years in the classroom of people just complaining that they've taken this class or, I don't know, a lot of students who are doing things because they think it looks good. And I'm like, oh, just, can we just learn? <laughs> can we just learn because we want to just for the sheer joy of learning? It's, it's very refreshing to see that. Cheesecake says, I'm drawing along. I didn't know this is fun. I dislike colored pencil before because I had the heavy hand. I have a heavy hand, okay? <coughs> Excuse me. I am not a very delicate artist. <laughs> I'm a cave woman. And I think it's just that colored pencil, it has a reputation for being hyper detailed, very tight rendered realistic looking drawings which is fine i mean if you want to draw that way that's fine but that's not how i want to draw and i know it wasn't until i realized oh you don't need to do that 
that I was like, oh, I, I kind of like this. So yeah, it's like every material, it's almost like there's a stereotype of what people expect it to look like. Like you think about charcoal, people expect a charcoal drawing to look a certain way. But just because people expect that doesn't mean you have to do that. And so you have to find your way of using the material in a way that works for you. I'll tell you, I am shocked that I'm using colored pencil and having a good time. <laughs> I never liked it before. I always thought it was just slow and kind of boring. And I don't know, it just ended up being a really good fit for the images that I'm doing. So yeah, it's just all about finding the right fit. <clears throat> Dennis says, are you going to use water with the pencils later? I don't usually, I know it's really dumb because <laughs> they're watercolor pencils. I just don't, I guess. I did once for a stream that I did with Alex Rowe. If you look it up, just look up Art Prof Mountains and you'll find it on YouTube. And it was okay, but I don't know. It wasn't the right feel for, for this. Like, I feel like this would be a wreck. I feel like if I tried to put water into this, it would be really hard. So I guess what I would say is if I did want to use water, it probably is something I would decide in advance. Like it's not a spontaneous decision. Like I would say, oh, okay, yeah, I'm going to do that. But I'm not right now because there's just too many other things. I don't know. For me, it's like I have to be in that mindset and I'm not in that mindset right now. I'm, I'm really thinking about the slow build. Plus, I have a little confession. <laughs> I love rendering. I love it. And I feel like when I was in art school, I got so much crap for wanting to render and draw things realistically. And I'm still sort of embarrassed about it, which is silly because who cares? I'm not in art school anymore. But it, it just got so ingrained in my head that I just didn't want to render anything for a long time. But the bread roll drawing that I posted on Instagram today, that is really, really rendered. But I liked it and it was fun. So screw all of you who gave me a hard time about it in art school. So what I'm doing now is I'm starting to layer colors over each other. One thing about yellow that I think is important to note, it is a very transparent color. So if I take yellow and I put yellow on straight black paper, in fact, I could probably show you that on the back. Like if I did this, you can see it, it's not really that substantial. So if I want the yellow to have real substance, I have to have like white or something opaque or like brown. I'm putting sort of this yellow tint over the brown. So there are colors like that where you really can't do them by themselves. Like they, they really have to be supported by other colors. And what I do try to do, I do this in painting too. Anywhere where it's light, like a bright white or yellow, I try to build up more pigment. Whereas when it's a dark color, I don't do it as much. I can keep it pretty thin. And actually there's a lot of areas in a lot of my 
paintings where things are pretty dark and it is barely a layer. There's almost nothing there. So that's another thing is you can vary the intensity and layering of each area. And that can be really fun. That's another thing I think sometimes people think that, oh, it's got to be the same layer everywhere. But you know what? There's areas here where I'm probably barely going to touch it. Like actually this drawing that I was showing people earlier, there's no colored pencil up here. This is all naked black paper. There's a little bit here and a little bit there. And there's a light pass, but this is very thin. I mean, I'm like barely touching paper. And then if you look at the rosemary sorbet, this is very thick. This is me like pressing down as hard as I can, multiple layers of crayon and colored pencil. And so you'll see there's a real range here. Not everything is rendered to the same level. If I look at this, this is like barely sketched in. This is very bright. Down here, this is pretty heavy. And then you can see I laid off a little bit. So think about the texture and the, the weight, like how much are you rendering and how little are you rendering? See, like over here, this looks very thin to me because I have not put any yellow on top. So now when I put the yellow on top, it gains a certain degree of depth that I didn't have before. Like I'm a big layering fan. I think layering is super fun. Because you know something, a color like this, so this is like super bright cadmium red by itself wouldn't look that great. But the thing is, I'm going to put it here and it's going to be like a little red tint. And I can do the same thing here where it's not that dramatic. And it's just a little tint of red on top. This needs yellow too. This is like way too pale. Jeez. So yeah, I'll do another yellow pass on top. See if I can get that because this is look, it's looking a little pasty. The Naples yellow color I had is starting to look a little green. And so this yellow is going to help perk that up quite a bit. Sonnet says, entrepreneur Kevin O'Leary said in a video, artists are in the most important profession right now. Do you agree with him? No. <laughs> I don't think you can rank professions as far as importance goes. I mean, to a certain degree, I sort of feel like what I do is sort of frivolous when you think about people who are doctors and emergency workers. And I, I'm like, dude, what I do is not even in the same category. I think artists have always been important. I don't think they're ever not important. And I just don't think that we need hyperbole, because things are never that straightforward. I mean, I think being an artist is different now. I think the playing field has been leveled tremendously, and I think it will continue to be doing that as social media continues to influence the way people start their careers. But yeah, you don't really know. Cheesecake is asking, what does rendering mean? I'm confused because people here use it for when they are posting and add some flair to the post. Yeah, so rendering is basically blending. So do you see how in here you can see my brush, my brush strokes? You can see my pencil strokes. You can see it's messy. 
and you can see where I'm going back and forth, okay? So that's not very rendered because it's very coarse looking. This is starting to get more rendered because it's starting to get a lot smoother. There's more layers on it. That's my definition. Maybe other people define it differently. So if I show you this, this is very heavily rendered. Like this is just me like blending, 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 like just going in and doing this over and over and over again. It takes a while. It's very tedious, but I like it. I don't know. I find it very meditative. Like I had a therapist once who was like, yeah, you don't need to meditate. She knew that I was just too big of a spaz to be able to do that. But rendering I can do for sure. So that's what I mean when I say rendering is just this blending, smoothing things out. Basically, the more rendered something is, the less you can see how it was made. So this drawing here, you can't see my pencil strokes. They're gone. You can sort of see them here, although this part's not really done yet. You can really see them here. Like I, I showed the strokes pretty clearly. So that's always something I'm thinking about is, okay, well, how much do I want to reveal about how I drew this? And it, it's an aesthetic choice. It's, one is not better than the other. So just keep that in mind. Because one of the negative things I do think exists on the internet for artists is this, this is right, that's wrong. You can't draw like that. Drawing like that is bad. Drawing like that is good. These are the five worst things you can ever do as an artist. I'm like, no. Or, you know, these videos that are like, why you suck as an artist? I'm like, come on. It, it's not how it works. The issue is that my way of teaching is not very well suited to the hyperbole that you see. And a lot of the times the advice I give is, well, it depends. And you have to think about this. And yeah, yeah, it requires requires more than 15 seconds of thought, unfortunately. It's just the way a lot of things are. Lady says, do you have any advice on getting back into making art? I feel like creating personal work doesn't resonate as much with the imagery that I create. I don't know how to rebuild a new visual language. What I would recommend, lady, Start some type of routine. Have it be a routine where you just develop a sketchbook practice. Because I think when people start a new practice, like let's say you haven't been doing it and you want to start up again. I think the hard part is just doing it. That, that's the hardest part. I know that sounds silly, but it's true. Just starting is the hard part. Once you're drawing, a lot of people get into it myself included. I mean, I was on a hangout here on YouTube a little ways back. And I remember I was in such a crappy mood and I did not want to draw. But then once I started drawing and I was like talking to Deep D and I think it was Alex. And afterwards I was like, hey, I had a good time. And if I hadn't had that studio hangout, I would not have drawn. Trust me, I was not in the mood. And so having a routine, like you could say, okay, um, I'm going to draw every day for 15 minutes during my lunch break. That is my time. I mean, that's one of the prompts for the drawing track is just draw 10 minutes every day in your sketchbook because it's just 10 minutes. 
doesn't have to be like a big commitment. People sometimes feel overwhelmed because they're like, oh, I need to start a big project. I, I'm like, no, just, just draw for 10 minutes a day. Do that. Hang out with us in the Discord. And you can <clears throat> show us your work. We can hold you accountable. If you want us to, that is. <laughs> we don't have to do that for sure. But that might be a good thing. Rita says, you've definitely restored my love of colored pencils because the detailed light layers was so tedious. I didn't want to spend that much time on it, but I like your style where it's much looser. Yeah, it's like whatever works for you. This may not be the look that everybody wants, but that's fine. I think it's just when you get into these situations where people are like, it must be done like this. I forget who it was, but somebody came to the Discord and they said they'd been hanging out in this Facebook group where people were like, everything you do has to be 100% finished. I was like, that's a really stressful way <laughs> to be an artist. Like, I could not function. If somebody told me that, I'd be like, see ya. And I guess they had been frustrated with that and feeling inadequate because they were not finishing everything like a normal person. And then they stumbled upon us and I was like, screw that. You know, if those people want to live that way, fine. But you don't have to. There's a lot of not-so-hot artist communities out there. In fact, if anybody has a story, let us know. Because, yeah, I just... I've heard some not-nice stories about people in other servers or other places where they're just not very accepting of a lot of different types of people, which is not good. I feel like I need to come back to this. This is getting very fragmented. Maybe I'll just do like a, a glaze. Hmm. I don't want it to be so blue. Okay, so I have complementary colors. I've got orange here and I've got blue here. If I squint at the photo, I think this tablecloth pattern's a little bit more purple. So I think what I'm gonna do it's got like a lightish purple. I'm just going to do like a glaze of purple over this whole thing. That's going to do two things for me. It's going to bring this together so the pattern is not so blunt. I mean, that was fine in the beginning. That's what I wanted. But now I need to get this tablecloth to feel a little bit more cohesive. So this is almost like if you were doing a digital drawing just adding like a thin layer of purple over this entire section. And so that's going to get this to group better. Because ultimately, despite the pattern, the table is a flat surface. So I can't let it look so bumpy. And this is my way of putting that together. And the purple color lets me distinguish the tabletop from what's happening up here. So this is my little glaze that's going on top. That's pretty fun. I think that's hard when you have patterns. It's like to make things look cohesive. If you emphasize the pattern too much, it ends up looking really fragmented, which is not great. On the other hand, you don't want to lose the pattern. So I have found doing this like just a, a layer of one thing. 
And then actually, let me do another layer of gray over that. And that's going to help brighten it because now it is very dark, which I don't want. So you can see, even though I have done a lot of work on this, you still need to tackle big shapes. You, you still have to keep track of the bigger picture because otherwise it's very easy to lose like the whole composition. It's easy to just zoom in on one section and forget about everything, which you don't want. And actually down here, it sort of disappears. So I'm gonna make the pressure with my color pencil very light. I'm not pressing down very hard. And then over here, I'm gonna press down harder because I want the gray more visible. So that's another thing with color pencil. It's not all the same pressure. Sometimes you press really, really hard. Other times you are barely touching the paper. And I think that does allow for a lot more variation than if you just go on automatic pilot, you're not really thinking about that physical pressure. Like I remember when I was doing this drawing, I pressed so hard. Like I, I like with the crest as hard as I because I wanted this white to be like so so bright. And if I didn't press hard, I would not get that depth of color. So if anybody here, if you want to work with color pencil, that's one of my biggest tips is just really be conscious of how hard you're pressing and consider that as you build your piece. Bring this edge of the plate back. All right, feeling a little better about this pattern. I mean, probably what I need to do is come back and redo the pattern and that's fine. A lot of art is like that. It's like you put it back, you take it away. You put it back, you take it away. And that's fine. You have to sometimes lose things in the process in order to get other things to come back. So it's almost like this pendulum that swings back and forth that you have to stay conscious of. Okay, yeah, I'm really losing <laughs> that pattern. That's okay. I still want to make it a little more even. I mean, this is time consuming, but I enjoy this. If you enjoy it, it doesn't feel like a work. It just feels like something fun. Brian says, how would you suggest I start a YouTube art channel? Oh boy, we could talk about that for a while. My biggest tip, Brian, make a lot of terrible videos. I think that you don't really get a sense of how to do YouTube until you've made at least 100 videos. It's that challenging. And a lot of people, oftentimes they wait to start a channel because they're like, oh, I want to wait until I get better at editing or I need to gain this goal. Don't do it. Just start. Just make really, really bad videos. We did. There's plenty on our channel. <laughs> if you go back and you watch our early videos, oh gosh, they're so cringy. I cannot stand it. I mean, I keep them there because I know some people find it entertaining, but also it's just a sign of our progress. We've come so far 
from where we started and I'm very proud of that. So I want to keep that there so people can see the growth. But yeah, that's the mistake I see people doing is that they're they're not willing to put themselves out there like they they want to wait until they think they're quote ready, whatever that means, it doesn't really mean anything. So don't wait. Just put it out there. I mean, Jordan McCracken Foster who's a teaching artist here, he just started a YouTube channel. And he told me he hasn't had his channel for that long. But he's like, yeah, there's already stuff I've learned that I totally am starting to apply now. And so it's an ongoing process. Being on YouTube is not static, you have to constantly evolve with the platform. And I would also say if you want a channel to make money, don't. <laughs> you'll make money doing uh if you want to get paid 0.25 cents an hour <laughs> it's a good idea but uh yeah like when people tell me they're like i want to make extra cash i'm going to start a youtube channel i'm like don't that that is like no 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 i don't even want to do the math okay i don't want to know how much time i invest for the amount we get in revenue it's 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 just pitiful which is why the Patreon is so important because we can't live on the YouTube revenue. It's just too small. Yeah, like Ginger Cell says, until you have like 10 billion, you're not going to make real money. I mean, people look at our stuff and they go, oh my God, you have over a hundred thousand subs you must be i'm like nope <laughs> i'm like we still make nothing it's like peanuts for the amount of time that goes into it it's a common misconception because all you hear about is the people that are making like twenty thousand a month i mean we're not even close so yeah those are those are the outliers those are the people that that's like the brad pitts of YouTube, those people are doing fine, but the rest of us, nah, it's not a good way to make money. I mean, it's a great way to get exposure and to put your stuff out there. And if you enjoy making videos, it's great, but don't do it if you're trying to make extra cash because you will not make extra cash for a long, long time <laughs> and it will take over your life. Bleepkin says, start small and do an art dare. It's great to clear your head and start fresh. Yeah, do our monthly art dares. They're really, really fun. They're a way to just try something different you wouldn't ordinarily do. And we have a channel in the Discord for people who are doing the art dare. You can see what other people are doing. You can ask questions. I mean, it's not fun to be an artist and do everything by yourself. I mean, I go stir crazy after a while. People are always like, oh, wouldn't it be great if you could just quit everything and just make art and do nothing else? I'm like, no, I would hate it. I need to get outside of myself and communicate with other people because if I don't, I go crazy. So I do find that no matter how quote unquote successful you are as an artist, that camaraderie is very critical to your artistic survival. 
Leslie says, so showing videos with some of my tracing would be okay for crap videos on my YouTube channel. Anything. I mean, crap is however you want to think about it. Sometimes it's like people are not super experienced with editing. So maybe their editing is not good or maybe the pacing is not well. I mean, it doesn't matter. You're only going to get better by learning. And it took me years to get to a point where I wasn't making videos that are just horribly cringy. I mean, I don't think what we're doing is perfect by any means. And we're always trying to improve. But we definitely <laughs> hit a certain standard where it's like, oh, guys, this is not as humiliating as it used to be. <laughs> W89 says, how do you know which direction the stroke should be? The more important thing is that the strokes are not always going in the same direction for me. Maybe some people are doing that on purpose, but you'll notice when I sketch, I don't just go up and down the whole time. Okay. Cause if I do that, things are going to get boring really fast. So what I usually do is if I'm adding orange here, like maybe I can add, what do I need up there? Maybe some brown. If I add some brown up here, look at how I change directions. I rarely do one direction longer than another. Sometimes I follow the form. So for example, here, this starts light blue down here and then it slowly gradates into this darker blue. So, I mean, sometimes if I'm drawing a human figure and there's like a muscle that's going in a specific direction, I might do that. But I think the key is just variation, making sure you're not always doing the same thing. Now, remember everybody, registration for our premium tracks in January ends this Friday. So make sure you take a look at that. The link is in the YouTube video description below. And I will be in the Artcroft Discord in about a minute, hanging out in the post live streams channel. I hope you will come there and share with me anything that you drew during this live stream. And a big thank you to our top Patreon supporters. You are the ones that make it possible for us to keep Art Prof up and running. We are trying to hit that $6,000 Patreon goal. We are getting there, but we need all the help we can get. And remember, when you pledge on Patreon, you get goodies. <laughs> you get to have access on Discord to Patreon channels. You get snail mail, exclusive email newsletters from Lauren and Jordan and from myself. So check it out, everybody. Thank you so much for watching. I'll see you next time. Bye.